We have been talking about several things these last few weeks. We've been talking about blood covenant. We've been talking about how uh, God made a covenant with uh, Noah. And every time you see the rainbow, that's a sign that God keeps his word. Uh, If I could just stir something in you this morning, God can be trusted. Okay, God keeps covenant. God keeps his agreements. God keeps his word. We don't always do that. And, and I'm not trying to criticize you or attack you. I, I'm included in that group. Okay, we don't always keep our word, but God always keeps his word. He always keeps covenant. Okay, we talked about how God made a covenant with Noah and God destroyed every single person on the earth except for eight people. Uh, The Bible says when Jesus comes, the righteous will be taken and the wicked will be left on the earth and the wicked will be destroyed on the earth and will be gone. Now, during that time, there will be people receive Jesus Christ as their Savior during the tribulation period, but the judgment of God is going to come on the earth once again and it's not going to be by flood. God took the eight righteous off the earth and he made a covenant with creation that he would never destroy the earth again with water. Now you think about when Lot was in Sodom and Gomorrah and Abraham had that discussion with God and you remember they bargained and he told God, well, will you destroy that city if there are 50 righteous? And they went from 50 to 40 to 30 to 20 and they finally got down to 10. Then Abraham told God, if there's 10 righteous, will you not destroy that? that city, but there were not 10 righteous in that city. But the angels went to Sodom and they went to Lot's house and they told Lot, you have to get out of here. Okay. You have to get out of here because we cannot destroy this city. The judgment of God cannot come until you're gone. Listen to me. We live in a time and an age right now. The judgment of God is not going to come on the earth until the righteous are gone. Listen, you don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be fearful. You don't have to worry because God's not going to do what he wants to do on the earth. He's not going to bring that judgment during the tribulation period until we're gone. Okay, that first covenant was the covenant with Noah. The next covenant he made was with a covenant with Abraham. Then he made a covenant with Moses. Then he made a covenant with David. And then you and I are in the new covenant. Listen, God's covenants are eternal. Okay, God's promises are eternal. You and I are going to live in heaven. We're going to live in the kingdom of God for all of eternity, and we're going to enjoy the benefits of those covenants. And we also enjoy the benefits of those covenants right now. Now, do you remember in early Genesis, God appeared to Abraham, and he talked to him, and he wanted to introduce himself to him. And here's what he told him. He said, I'm almighty God. We found out the original Hebrew language is El Shaddai. What did he tell him? He said, I'm El Shaddai. I'm the God who's more than enough. I'm the all-sufficient one. And he introduced himself to Abraham, and he wanted Abraham to understand who he was. Listen, God wants you to understand who he is. God wants to get to know you, and he wants you to get to know him. 
Isn't that, isn't that incredible? Isn't that amazing? And God doesn't want you to believe the lies that you've heard about him. And the number one way you find out who God is, who he really is, is you go to the word of God. And as you read God's word, God reveals himself to you. Anytime anybody tells you anything about God, your first response should always be to go to God's word. Hey, God did this or God said this. Well, you, hey, give me a minute. Let me go to the scripture and find out if it's true. Listen, you can't look at nature to discover who God is. You can't look at our culture to discover who God is. You have to go to God's word. Abraham met with God and God said, I'm El Shaddai. I'm going to be more than enough. I'm going to be more than you're going to need. I'm going to be all sufficient. Then he met with him again. And what did he tell him? He said, don't be afraid. You don't have to be afraid. Whatever it is you're facing, you don't have to be afraid. God said, I will be your shield. Okay, I will shield you. Okay, the Bible says that God is a strong tower and the righteous run into it and are safe. Listen, you don't have to be fearful of the future. God is your shield. He said, don't be afraid. I'll be your shield and I'll be your exceeding great reward. Listen, Abraham, if you'll walk with me, you won't be sorry. Okay, now here's what's amazing in this story. He shows up and tells Abraham, hey, I'm gonna bless you. I'm gonna take care of you. And Abraham says, well, it, 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 it so amazes me how bold Abraham was. He tells God, so what? So what you're gonna bless me? I don't have any children. And so everything I have is gonna go to my hired hand. And God said, no, it's not. Everything I'm gonna do for you is gonna go to your own son because you and your wife are gonna have a baby. Then Abraham says, well, how do I know that what you're saying is true? Now, can you imagine God showing up in your life and you have a conversation with him and, and God says, hey, I'm gonna do this for you. And then you say, hey, how? How do I know that? How do I know that you're gonna do what you say? That's pretty bold. And then here's what God says. God says, I'm going to cut covenant with you. And they took animals, they cut them in half, they laid them out, they walked through them ceremoniously. Abraham fell into a deep sleep, a lot like when Adam fell into a deep sleep and God took a rib and made one woman. Abraham fell into a deep sleep and God made a covenant with Abraham. Now listen to me, when God told Abraham, hey, I'm gonna covenant with you, Abraham knew instantly, oh, you're gonna do what you say. See, Abraham understood covenant. Listen, we live in a postmodern world and we don't understand a lot about covenant. We don't live in a world with covenant. In ancient times, when anybody cut covenant, they knew instantly your word's good. You'll do what you say you're gonna do. When God told Abraham, I'm gonna make a covenant with you, he instantly knew he was standing on solid ground. Listen to me, church. You're in covenant with almighty God but you don't act like it. You don't live like it. You don't think like it. Because we don't understand covenant all that well. You're in covenant with a covenant-keeping God. You're in covenant with Almighty God. You're in covenant with El Shaddai. And El Shaddai means what? He's more than enough. He's the all-sufficient one. Listen, you can lean into God. Just like Kurt was talking about spiritual warfare. 
Listen, when the devil shows up at your house and shows up in your life, you remind him, oh, by the way, I'm in covenant with El Shaddai. I'm in covenant with the living God. And he promised he would take care of me. He promised me I don't have to be afraid. He promised me he'd be my shield. He promised me that he would reward me. You and I are in covenant with the living God. Now, in covenant, if you didn't keep covenant, the penalty was death. You and I are in a new covenant. And what that means is you're not under a curse. We've talked about that these last several weeks. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. See, the covenant you have with God is not set up and based on if you do good, you'll be blessed. If you do bad, you'll be cursed. That's the law. And we've been redeemed from the law. Now, is there consequences to sin? Of course, there are consequences to sin. Uh, we're all going to get in trouble if we do things and we make mistakes and live in sin. But the point being is, is God takes the responsibility for the covenant that you and I are in. Now, I want to read to you this morning out of Hebrews chapter 8. Hebrews chapter 8. And I'm going to start reading with verse 6. We're talking about the new covenant. But now he, he is Jesus. Now he, Jesus, has obtained a more excellent ministry inasmuch as he is also mediator of a better covenant, which was established on better promises. Let me explain to you what that's talking about. It's comparing the ministry of Jesus to the Old Testament priest. Okay, only the Old Testament priests had access to God. The people did not have access to God. It says right here that Jesus obtained a more excellent ministry than the Old Testament priests inasmuch as he is also mediator of a better covenant. That's talking about the new covenant. You and I are under the new covenant, which is established on better promises. Now, don't miss this. You and I are in covenant with Almighty God. We have an agreement with Almighty God. All God has belongs to us. All we have belongs to God. It's a better covenant, a better agreement with better promises. You have that covenant. It belongs to you. It's called a blood covenant. Who shed their blood? Jesus Christ did. In the Old Testament, animals gave their lives. Animals shed their blood. In the New Testament, Jesus, the only begotten Son of God, shed his blood for you and I. You and I receive Christ as our Savior, and we are then in covenant with God. We're in a better covenant with better promises than what they had. Let me keep reading to you. It says, let, let me read it again. But now he, Jesus, has obtained a more excellent ministry inasmuch as he is also mediator of a better covenant, which was established on better promises. For if that first covenant had been faultless, then no place would have been sought for the second. Now he's talking about the old covenant and the new covenant. Because finding fault with them, he says, behold, the days are coming. That's the days you and I live in right now, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, because they did not continue in my covenant, and I disregarded them, says the Lord. Let me finish. For this is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after those days. 
I will put my law in their mind. I will write them on their heart. I will be their God, and they will be my people. One more verse, Hebrews 8, 12. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness. That belongs to us. God has been merciful to my unrighteousness. Call sin, amen? God has been merciful to my unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds, and I will remember them no more. Listen, your sins and my sins have been covered by the blood of Jesus. Jesus died on the cross for you and I. I received what he did for me. You received what he did for you, and it brought you into a new covenant. Abraham's God is your God. You're in covenant with El Shaddai. He keeps his word. You can trust him. You can rely on him. You can lean on him. You're in covenant with El Shaddai, the God who's more than enough, the all-sufficient one. Whatever you need from God is available to you because you're in covenant with him. All that he has belongs to you. Listen, the treasures in the vaults of heaven belong to you. Okay, you have treasure in heaven that belongs to you because you're in covenant with Almighty God. Are you with me? It belongs to you. What Kurt say this morning? When you pray, take authority over the devil in your life. Claim the promises of God in your life. Father, I thank you. I said this a couple of weeks ago. I might have even have said it last week. You ought to take a three-by-five card, and you ought to write El Shaddai on it and put it underneath it, the God who's more than enough, and you ought to put it on the refrigerator or put it on the visor of your pickup truck. Put it somewhere where you see it and remind yourself, I'm in covenant with Almighty God. Say it out loud. God, I'm in covenant with you, and you are my El Shaddai. You're my more than enough. You're my all-sufficient one. Amen? And then when you pray, you pray with authority. Like Kurt said, you don't beg God to do something. God's already done it. You claim the promises of God. Father, thank you. Tomorrow, when you get up and start your day, Father, thank you. You are my El Shaddai. Abraham's God is my God. You are my all-sufficient one. You are more than enough to meet every need that I have. Think about the needs that you have in your life. It doesn't matter what they are. They can be physical needs, emotional needs, maybe financial needs. You may need something to happen at your job. You may need something to happen in your body. Hey, I'm in covenant with El Shaddai. He told me, that I don't have to be afraid. He told me he'd be my shield. He told me he'd be my exceeding great reward. He said the same thing in Hebrews. I'll be your reward. If you follow me, you won't be sorry. Satan, get your hands off my life, off my children, off my future, off my body. I'm free from headaches. I'm free from sickness and disease. Father, you take care of my future. Lord, I'm in your hands. Amen? I serve El Shaddai. I'm in covenant with Almighty God. Amen? Amen. Y'all stand up. Let me pray for you. Father God, thank you this morning. 
that Abraham's God is our God. That you are El Shaddai. You are the God who's more than enough. That you meet our needs. You take care of us. You're the all-sufficient one. Father, I thank you that we're free from fear. You're our shield. You're our exceeding great reward. Father, I thank you for healing in our bodies today. Just like we prayed already, Lord, we're free from headaches. We're free from trouble in our necks and our backs. We're free from anxiety and fear. That, God, you are at work in our families and in our lives. Father, thank you that you're El Shaddai. You are our God. And I'm thankful. In Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen.